great games we have to look forward to this weekend. I mean, who thought the Manchester derby last weekend couldn't be topped? I don't, in what context are you trying to say that? Because it's going to be fairly difficult, I think, from where, the way I said that. Like, the whole narrative went from being in one direction to going into a completely different one, the way I see it. Like, we were speaking, we would have spoke early in the week about Manchester United maybe being title challengers. I mean, technically, still possibly are. What? <laughs> I mean, technically, they are. The title hasn't been confirmed winners yet, and you know, just have can't even be little old Crystal Palace, and yet you can get a result against Manchester City. Yeah, that that's just baffling. There, I I don't understand it, that. It's Premier League football now. That's how it is. Hmm. One hundred percent, it is, and it's one of them where. It's frustrating, but I feel like if we was if we were looking back twelve months ago, United probably would have lost that game. Yeah. So you like there's progress, but it's not the full progress you want in terms of going forward and being that team that could have gone into second place, looked formidable heading into this weekend's game. So you've got to take the positives and the negatives looking back at that one. Yeah, it's proof that United are obviously going in the right direction, but there's still those old problems that exist a little bit that need to be ironed out just a little bit more. Yeah. And it's going to take time. I mean, I always say give a manager a full season in the job and then like dissect things and look at things after that. Ten Hag's doing brilliantly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, it's now nine wins in a draw? That United have had in the league because it would have been 10 wins the first time since yeah, Sir Alex Ferguson that they would have won 10 in a row. The 10 wins thing, I actually think, was all competitions. In all competitions, was it? Yeah, I think it would have been seven league wins in a row if you'd have done it, but you failed all because you didn't put them away pretty much. Maybe mm. some decisions went against them, but it's also I mean, an absolutely quality free kick that has completely outdone you. Yeah, I mean, Michael Aliso, what a player he is. Absolute stunning free kick late on in the game to earn Palace a point. And yeah, there were some decisions that don't go our way. But at the same time, like Ten Hag said in his press conference afterwards, you can't be relying on the referee for these decisions to go your way. You've got to get the balls so that it doesn't come down to stuff like that. Very true. It's, it's, it's about types of decisions when it gets Manchester United. <laughs> Oh, God. Should we mention that, that Saturday? We obviously didn't do the podcast Monday. Uh, I was very 50-50 on it, and I think I still am. Yeah, it's. I think from what I've learned is there's multiple ways, like four different things that have to be adjusted for the referee to judge it to be offside and if he doesn't think all four meet then he won't rule it offside and obviously he didn't obviously the linesman initially did thinking that Rashford was uh, interfering with play or touch the ball whatever right but Rashford was in an offside position but then he doesn't impact with the play and the one thing I never understand is all these pundits and that come out with our oh, he's distracting a kanji or you see a kanji start running 
And like, yes, you're meant to do that with offenders if you're playing a high line to play the offside track. But what happened to the age old rule of playing to whistle? Yeah. I feel like that as well. But it's easy, I think, in the moment, if you're a kanji, to get distracted by that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not disagreeing. Like, I, it's one of them where, because it happened to my club, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm happy um, that it went our way. But at the same time, you're like, what, 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 are, what are the consistencies with the rules of offside? And mm. the more we look at it, the more confused people are getting with these rules. Yeah, just when it feels like they change it, it then becomes even more confusing. We find a new one to then start picking apart and going, well, is that iffy? Like, I don't really know how to comprehend it, if I'm honest. But we all don't, yeah. I was just surprised that it wasn't more the referee's diagram. You know, those diagrams you say, right, yes or no. <laughs> and then the arrow yeah. point stands So, oh, in line, oh, God, what did I do? Yes, check shirt colour. Yeah. Is it Manchester United? Is it a big six? Are we at, where, yes. What stadium it, are you at? Yeah. Old Trafford? Yes. <laughs> then it's it, United yeah, position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, speaking on uh, last night's game, a bit more penalty decision. I've seen them given because you can clearly see, uh, I believe it was McTominay gets his foot stood on. You've seen them given. You've seen them not. I think we've got to do better on the whole game itself and we shouldn't be having to do that. Again, though, is the consistency in VAR because say if in tonight's Manchester City-Tottenham game as a time of recording, one of them two teams get a penalty like that, you're like, well, 24 hours earlier, why wasn't that given a penalty? Or one of the weekend's fixtures it happens in and you're like, there's just no consistency in these call-ins anymore. Yeah, that's just so going to happen now. <laughs> oh, it is 100%. Now it's, we've put it into existence. You know, we can't talk about it because we've recorded this way before the game itself. Yeah, done. <laughs> mm, it really is. Um, but yeah, credit to Palace looking really good under um, Patrick Fiera this season. And Have they? I mean, they look way better than last season. They've got a bit of up and down form about them. I mean, since Boxing Day, they've only won once. But at the same time, you look at the teams below them and you're like, well, I feel like they're in a, in a stable position where I kind of expect them to be. I mean, they're not that far off uh, 10th place. What, seven points? So No, four points, sorry. Off 10th place Chelsea. And the whole big table is messed up. Like, yeah. just accept that even Villa are not far off like fifth. <laughs> hmm. It really is just a weird season in terms of like positioning and that. It's good though. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. 100%. I mean, if we look more forward to off the field stuff that came out of Manchester United this past week, um, Ineos seemed to confirm that Sir Jim Ratcliffe is going to bid for Manchester United. Yeah, like, again, not surprising. Like this game uh, no. last year, did it not? With all the interest, so well, it's supposed a... to be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like it's one that's been going around for like the last three years or so, pretty much since the end of the Super League. It's always been around like, are the Glazers going to eventually sell? And 
is Jim Ratcliffe going to bid and when is he going to bid? And I think now it's going to be the start. Like over the next three weeks, three to six weeks, you will see more come out about it because there is still wanting to get it done by the first quarter of this year. So by the end of March, April time is when they want the wholesale completed or minority thing. But I think we all know it's probably going to be a full sale of the club. Yeah, I don't know. I'll see when it happens, and I feel like most United fans maybe feel the same way. But I'd also think they should be thinking, is someone like a Jim Ratcliffe going to be their first point of call? Mm. I Are they not going to speak to Americans first? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I feel like Americans and people from the Middle East. Yeah, they can offer the Jim Ratcliffe might be Britain's richest man, but they ain't got nothing on the, the Middle East buyers or even some Americans. Yeah, like whilst he, he may look on paper the best because he's a United fan, he's from England, this, that and the other. This is the Glazers we're talking get, about. <laughs> and his bids can be uh, gazumped by all these billion trillionaires over different places so it's going to be interesting in terms of his other ventures that obviously we know about he's involved with uh ogc nice and lausanne sport in football he's then involved in uh ineos grenadiers cycling mercedes formula one team all sponsors um, ben ainsley yeah ben ainsley's um sailing sailing team as well he didn't know the sport so, then <laughs> Uh, it just went out of my head for a second. But yeah, so he's inv- so he's involved with sports a lot. But from like so, I follow cycling and uh, Formula One. He he he's never there. It's just like he's ne- the company's name is put forth to it. So maybe with Manchester United, he may be more hands-on involved because I don't know what he, whether he appears at like Nice games on a regular basis or not. I don't really keep up. To I date. very much doubt that. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel like it would be maybe he'd have like a CEO that would like report to him. So whether that's any difference to what the Glazers do, yes, he may put in his own money and actually help out United. But uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens there. It should do, but uh, like you would obviously take him in, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, I mean... You'd take anyone at this point. <laughs> Honestly, I'm at one of these standpoints where it's like, yeah, as long as the Glazers are going, I'm going to be happy with what happens. I mean, everyone's going to be talking about, oh, do you want these people from the Middle East due to sports watching and things? But it happens in sport. Yeah, it's happening. Where have you been yeah. for like a decade? Yeah, Man City's PSG, Newcastle. No owners are clean in terms of that sports washing. It happens in all f- businesses and walks of life, let's be honest, where there's a lot of money involved in. So there's no real perfect owner in that sense. No, just to add, because so, it came out today, the, the Deloitte Football Money League, was it Manchester United yes. overtaken by Liverpool? <laughs> now, when did that ever happen? Right. Not very often, but... Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much you can really say on that. I don't know. Uh, not many people know too well, much. We've been used to United you know, at least being next to Real Madrid and Barcelona and that lot, but it's quite obvious now. It's Man City and then PSG are up there as well. Yeah, that's football. Again, when you 
yeah, again, when you see the money to, being talked about, it's not really surprising mm. them clubs. But with Tony, speak, Tony first in the list was quite interesting. Was it your Aston Villa by It was. Chance? I'm gutted. I think we were in the top 20 last season. Oh, God. Yeah, we will be next season, though. Yes. Anyway, let's have a look to the weekend's fixtures because Saturday sees the two mid-table teams facing off against each other. It is, of course, Liverpool versus Chelsea. Both teams need to turn things around this season after a really, really bad year. Obviously, Liverpool picking up... Um, was it, What game did they play earlier? Did they play earlier on this week? FA Cup. Yeah, FA Cup replay, was it? Against yes, Wolves, they, they managed to win. Won. Yeah, Harvey Elliott scored a pretty good goal. Yeah, um, so maybe that can be the turning fortune for them. Chelsea, maybe we can see Mikhailo Modric make his first appearance for the Blues. Yes, because that's happened since we last spoke. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Yeah, um, yeah, he's being set to be an Arsenal player too. Now he's in West London mm. and playing for Chelsea. Quickly deletes all those social media posts that he put out there. <laughs> the feelers. Yes, I mean that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's an odd one, isn't it? Hilarious. It's an odd one, but it's also Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw the Sky Sports posts uh, the other day. If this they is about practice... the parameters that are De- coming after it, then yeah. No, it's the depth that they're able to have. They've practically oh, yeah, that... got three players deep in each position apart from mm-hmm. right back i'd also say you seen the one they'd put up of the injuries that they effectively could field an 11. oh yeah um they've got a crazy amount of injuries obviously that um list was also including like injured players that I was just talking about people um who were at the club um it's it is crazy when you think you know where are you going to be playing all these forwards like the rest of the season when they're available? Because you've got um, Mudrick, Fafana, Abamyang still there. Uh, Joe Felix when he's back from his suspension. Um, Conor Gallagher well, obviously isn't really a forward but can play in... in well, I've said rumour around Gallagher. Right. So yeah. if that materialises into anything, that changes. You've got Mason Mount, Christian Pulisic, Hakim Ziyech. They're all still at the club. Like, I don't know how Ziyech is still there. That one's a surprise. Mm. Like They've got a massive overload of players now. And you're just left thinking, you can't be playing all of these players like unless these players get moved on in the next 12 months. They're building an NFL roster-sized squad here. <laughs> Good. Can we also say that, that some of them they didn't need? Oh, yeah. I mean, like they've just been targeting, understand. targeting the wrong kind of players, really, for what they desperately are in need of. Yeah. Like, the, the signings that they are making is just really, really baffling. Um, in terms of this game, I, I can see it just being a draw. Like, yeah. I don't see mm. either team being good enough to get the three points against each other. I don't know. The way Liverpool play, it makes it interesting all the time, I feel, personally. Mm. But then again, Chelsea are just 
where's the goal for it? <laughs> where yeah. where is your threat? I mean, it's been over a year since these two played in the league. They last played against each other in the league um, the 2nd of January last year. Since then, they've played two cup games against each other, one being the Carabao Cup final nearly a year ago when they went to penalties and then penalties just seemed to be going on forevermore. And then uh, the FA Cup final as well when there was a load of penalties. So the last two games show neither team can can score and the form of each other at this minute in time, I could genuinely see another nil-nil draw being on the cards. Yeah, it's interesting. I think both teams are failing in terms of their midfield options. Oh, 100% they are. But their midfielders right now have not been good enough mm. as such. Yeah. I mean, slight positive news for Chelsea because Kante's been pictured back in training this week. Obviously, I would imagine he's still a long way. Uh, from being back and available for selection. But yeah, both midfields have been probably their weakest points of uh, this season. And I think if they are trying to make anything out of it, then you've got to put in better performances. The likes of Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, uh, Kovacic and Dennis Zachary when he's played against for Chelsea, they have to be putting in better performances than what they have done. They do, but it's also like Chelsea should be signing a midfielder realistically if they're going to do transfer business. And Liverpool also, we've been saying it for a while as well. Mm. But I think on the Liverpool front, it, well, Klopp seems to be like settled that they're not going to be doing any more signings this window. Which again wouldn't Cody, surprise Gakpo. me. That's not their style, really, is it? No, I mean, was it Gakpo and uh, Luis Diaz last year? Were they playing the Lu- two Diaz, last couple of years? Diaz came last year and then Gakpo has come in, but it looks like he'll take a bit of time. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's look, we really the, strange. The thing with Liverpool is we know where their eyes in, in terms of who they want as a midfielder. Oh, 100%. We all know. They're trying to bring in Jude Bellingham for the summer, but does he move to this Liverpool team though at this minute in time? We feel like he has to. Like they have to be persuading him at all costs that they are the right club for him. But you look where they are right now, and then there's a Real Madrid that will have Champions League football there for him. That makes it mm. even more difficult for him. There's even, I'm just throwing the names out there, Newcastle potential Champions League football. I know Newcastle would seem a crazy bit, but Champions League football and the money they could offer. Manchester United can they offer that football? Are Newcastle in a position to go that high? I know know they've got the money, but can they realistically do it? I mean... Anything can happen, and I don't think we'll be seeing negotiations really happen for Bellingham until the season's done when he knows who's going to be playing Champions League football and who's not, realistically. Yeah. I feel like if Liverpool don't get the Champions League football, which I don't think they're going to get right now at this moment in time because they're not good enough whatsoever compared to the current top four, then that, I don't see I don't... European football. 
Mm, uh, I don't know. We said this, a stretch. We said this last week. I mean, what is it? It's the top seven that get uh, European football. And there, I know they're only two points off Brighton. But well, that's interesting. Europe, we're, saying that, we're saying it's the top seven for now. But I believe... Say if it wasn't Newcastle or Man United that won the League Cup, then that seventh place goes, I believe. Because I think the winners of the European... The, the winners of the League Cup then go in the Conference League. I think that's how it works. I didn't think that was the way with the Conference League. It's either that... I'm just looking at it. It's either the League Cup or the FA Cup that does that. I can't recall what they, how they changed I it. I thought they got rid of it and it now was seventh place that got it. No, because I, I don't... We're not going to have this dog debate. Anyway, um, yeah. God, they're so desperate for that Conference League place. Yes, at this minute in time. I don't know, I'll take it. (laughs) Yes, Uh, both teams need uh, significant improvements. Two teams at the right end of the spectrum in terms of top of the table clash. Manchester United travel to London to take on Arsenal on Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon. The big clash of the season. I think United win this they really do put themselves in there for a title challenge and it makes it a proper title challenge because there's going to be three teams that you can say can win the league then if united win this you don't put newcastle in the conversation then if they win as well for me i think there's just something that will i don't know what it will be but there's going to be something that just stops newcastle getting there I mean, I'd like it to be a four-way title race. Don't get me wrong. Who wouldn't, like, as a fan of the Premier League, oh, have oh, fortune to could buy the title? In your position, as a fan of the team involved, you'd want as least amount of teams as possible involved. Yeah, yeah but then I'm thinking oh, more of a bit if I was a Man United fan. No, but I'm thinking more of a neutral journalistic view. That's where I was supposed to be coming. <laughs> it would be absolutely uh, brilliant to see. How do you think this goes then? Looking at it. Well, before yesterday, I would have have said this could be close. You're looking at different battles between players. Now, after the incident that took place yesterday, Manchester United will be missing Casemiro. That midfield battle just maybe went towards Arsenal, potentially. Yeah, I think it... You've got to give Arsenal that bit of headway, but I still don't think it's going to be like a clear-cut winner. I think this is going to be a close game. I mean, you can see the positives and weak points of both teams. It's just about who takes the chances on the day. Yeah, potentially. And I feel like, again, Marcus Rashford will be key for United. I feel like him not being fully at the races yesterday cost them. Yeah, and because, I feel like because for some reason I know why they signed White Weghorst, but last time I checked, I didn't think he was going to be a regular. Because <laughs> you've now put ah. Rashford out wide where it doesn't work. Yeah, it's going to be very strange. I think maybe Saturday you change it up and put Rashford back through the middle and have Fernandez, um, Anthony, and. Martial out you, wide. Sorry, Garnacho is there. Yeah, true. I'd have Garnacho over Martial. Mm. I mean, Pellestri. Pellestri's there. 
Yeah, let's flip back to the reverse fixture of this back uh, earlier on this season where Manchester United did win 3-1, and that was without Casemiro in the team. That was also way, way more surprising from what I recall. Yeah, because, I mean, that was also the game where uh, Martinelli had the goal just didn't that come after? Foul. Didn't that come after the thrashing against Brentford? Yeah. Yes, it's just confusing, really. How... Why are we here predicting this when stuff like that happens? Oh, What's the point? <laughs> what is the point? Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah. Wouldn't make a good podcast, uh, but what is the point? <laughs> <laughs> Got to make a living somewhere or another. We don't get paid for this. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Uh, but yeah. Would. <laughs> I am looking forward to this game on uh, Sunday and I've got a sense of belief and I think a lot of United fans do, same with Arsenal, that they can win this game. Yeah, absolutely. You should have all the belief in the world that you can beat them. You've done it before. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you play like you did against Man City. I think you give them a good test. Yeah, 100%. Uh, right, let's have a look at some of the games taking place elsewhere in the Premier League. And for me, the big standout is West Ham versus Everton on Saturday afternoon. Proper six-pointer. There's been some paper talk today saying that if Moisey loses this game, he could get sacked. So, in a way, this is this year's El Sakaka. Yeah. I just think there was always the, the rumour as well that if he had got sacked from West Ham, Everton would also be Everton looking at him. Looking. <laughs> yeah. Just do the straight like, swap, lads. Just make him sit in the different dugouts. Yeah. Just do it now. Why not? Saturday's a trial game for both of you. So you're going Sign back the to teams your former clubs. In the middle of the pitch and make them do initiations and sit in the different dugouts. Just get it over <laughs> with. Make a good spectacle. Yeah, it'd give us some entertainment in that game because... Both teams looking really poor at the minute and both have the ability to lose this really badly. Yeah, Everton is less shocking because it's just a continuation of the mess that was last season, even though they saved it in the end because the fans rallied and the players decided, oh yeah, the fans really want us to do well, let's try and give them something. West Ham, I don't understand (laughs) what's happened there. But that's mainly you, me, I'm and looking from else. the outside and I don't know enough. Yeah, I mean, it just it just seems like a massive catastrophe compared to where they've been. Is it the fact that they've been playing so well in Europe? But then again, you think they haven't played a game in Europe since uh, November now? So the, yeah, the, these the games excuse doesn't count. Someone's gone. Like it, it's off. I don't really yeah. know what it is. No. Like, uh, look at their recruitment. Has Skamaka done enough for what they paid for him? I'd say no, absolutely not. <laughs> 100% not. And they've had a centre-back they signed. It was the Moroccan guy who played at the World Cup, looked pretty good, but he's, oh, he's injured. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Um, and they've still got players they've had there for years who have probably reached the end of their tether, like Yasuchek, Ogbonners. Mm-hmm. I think Antonio's come to the end as well. He's not the same player anymore. And you know what? If you're Declan Rice, you're out of there in the summer. Oh, 100%. Declan Rice is not even thinking about signing a new deal here. Declan Rice is not championship. 
no, he's too good for it. And I mean, there's rumours going around today that they are closing in on signing uh, Danny Ings. Obviously, as a time recording, official confirmation hasn't came. No, uh, is that a signing that can help them out? It can, but you've got to play to his style. See, what we've realised mm. under Unai Emery is that it's never going to work under Unai Emery. Because Danny Ings has very much become almost like a poacher. A little bit. Mm. He's not this guy who's going to influence a game unless you put the ball in the box. So, Yeah. Which, for my team, we don't do that now. We didn't really do that under Gerard, no. to be honest. So I, I was like, go 15 million. For a 30-year-old whose contract's up next season, has a history of injuries, pretty big wages, probably on 100k plus. Good move for us, I say. Oh, 100%. As Aston Villa, you take that any day of the week. Mm. Like, There's no chance on if you were going to turn it down. No, I think I would have liked more than 15. That would have been what I'd... For what we paid for him, I think it was close to like 25. Something like that, like... He was seen as one of the big three to replace Grealish. Like we tried the Tottenham approach. We've got all this money for Grealish. Let's go and sign three players that can replace one. And it didn't really work, I don't think. We saw some good moments. He had some important goals. But it was just fine in the end. Yeah, it wasn't just what many had hoped it would be. Mm. Like, I saw him enough in person, like... Danny, he's not, not the same player that we were seeing at other clubs. Just wasn't working no. for us anymore. We we did well to get rid in the end. I just want to see us sign a very good replacement. I mean, what, two weeks left of the window? Is it possible? I mean, you've brought in that lad from America. I can't think of his name. John Duran. Yeah. I don't know enough about it. I've not watched him, but... Dare I go off the YouTube clips that make him look like the next Lukaku? Prime Lukaku, that is not not modern day Lukaku. I was going to be hoping he wouldn't be prime uh, Lukaku. Either we have signed Uh, modern day Lukaku, sorry. Either we have signed our next Ben Seke, or we've signed another Ali Samar. Jesus Christ, I remember him, (laughs) Ali Samar. That's what this could be. I don't think John Duran. Is like for right now, I don't think he was the right replacement. He's a long term no. replacement, isn't he? When you think about it, yeah, he's, oh, the way he plays, I think, is very Watkins similar. Mm. So I feel like we would have our eye on someone else, which we supposedly might do because we might not be trying to sign a centre forward as such, but more the wide player that can play up front, i.e., like a Leon Bailey. Yeah. And the names that were being linked with are like you are now Dan Jumas, knows Emery very well. And there's also Gerard de la Faye, whose name's going around a lot. Interesting potential movements for both of them, should uh, either of them come in. First, I'd want both. Because <laughs> de la Faye for me is better out wide, whereas Dan Juma has at least been proven to have worked in that forward role under Unai Emery. It's almost like he's won a Europa League with him. No, no, he wasn't in that team. He was in the Champions League semi-final team last season when it worked. He got yeah. the best out of Dan Juma. 
I think the only problem with both Dan Juma and De La Fia is when they were previously in the Premier League, they had good games, but not good enough where they could spur years on when they were at Bournemouth and Everton and Watford, respectively. Delafoe, I would be with you on that one. Dan Juma, it was a very different player back then. So I feel like he's yeah, adapted true. more as a player now and gotten better, whereas Delafoe, I think, is still on a similar mode. But and I've seen this on Twitter as well. Delafoe is actually quite high up on the stats so far in Syria for Udinese. So they've seen that and they've gone, he could be a sensible signing for the right price. That's the thing. You've got to get it at the right price. You can't get anything ridiculous. Speaking on Aston Villa, anyway. Oh, anyone um, Unai Emery wants to sign has my backing. I trust this man. Like, we're going to see players leave that we probably didn't expect. Like a Danny Ings. He's installing his strategy, mm-hmm. his vision. Carry on. Yeah. Um, speaking of your Aston Villa, you take on Southampton this weekend down uh, the south coast. Other games, we have Bournemouth versus Nottingham Forest, Leicester versus Brighton, and then the evening game on Saturday is Crystal Palace versus Newcastle United, and then two early games on Sunday, Leeds versus Brentford, Manchester City versus Wolves, and then the weekend's fixtures are capped off with Fulham versus Tottenham on Monday evening. So, some interesting um, fixtures as we head into match week 20 for some teams and 19 for others. It's Anything can happen at this stage of the Premier League because it's really wide open. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to call. I just, I feel like from my perspective on the Villa Southampton, we should beat Southampton. It's as simple as that. It's going to be embarrassing if you lose to this Southampton team. Not embarrassing because they're on a good run. Right, they've finally found a bit of confidence from somewhere. But I still like to think that we're good enough. Oh, you should be able to beat them easily. But my confidence goes down slightly when I see that we're going to be wearing our third kit, which we have not won in yet. We've lost every single game wearing it. God's sake, don't get that. You're that superstitious. It's superstitious, but the stats don't lie. Mm. I mean, you've won the last two meetings. (laughs) You've won the last two meetings between years. You beat them back in September and then March of last season. However, the last time you visited St. Mary's, you did end up losing 1-0. It's very simple. Just yeah, We don't have a good record at St. Mary's. But it's very simple. Just don't give James Ward-Prowse a free kick. Yeah, because that man is the best free kick taker mm-hmm. in the Premier League at this minute in time. He's two off David Beckham's tally. Mm-hmm. Right. He's a very, very good. Also, Beckham was only in the league, what, about a decade? I feel like James Ward-Prowse has been in the Premier League for a lot longer. I'm not so sure that by that, actually. I um, don't know. It's one to look up, any after it. Mm. Uh, let's, European games, because uh, there's one game that's taking my eye this weekend over in Germany on Friday evening, and that is RB Leipzig versus Bayern Munich at half past seven. First versus third. Did we not speak about this last time? Did you mess up last time? Because you said European games have got to look forward to. I'm pretty sure it's the same fixture when I looked it up. Well, that's my bad. Because I think we said that Germany wasn't back yet this week and he's finally back this week. That's what yeah, it so was. Yeah, so what you put as like a preview, go and listen to the last podcast. Yes. 
Uh, so we've got that game to look forward to there. And Bruce Dortmund are at home to Augsburg, whilst Freiburg are away at Wolfsburg. If you're um, still Dortmund, how intrigued are you about the move for Anthony Alanga? It's one of them where I think it will work for him. Like, he's he's not first team ready yet at United. I feel like he got rushed through because of the injuries. And I feel like alone is something that needs to help him develop wherever that may be. And I think Dortmund could be a really good uh, for him for the rest of the season. I'm hoping there's no sort of, like, boy clause in that contract because I still think he is capable of becoming a good player at Manchester United, but I do think alone is something that he needs to get regular first-team football. Yeah, it seems sensible enough. Mm. Uh, over in Italy this weekend, uh, Fiorentina versus Torino on Saturday. League leaders Napoli travel to Salonetana, who've had the craziest week. <laughs> what on earth? <laughs> like, that is the most baffling story, I think. The I've most Serie A thing of Serie A history. Yeah, I mean, Salonatana, for those that don't know the story, are 16th in the league. Last weekend, they lost 8-2 to Atalanta. They then sacked their manager on the Monday, and within 48 hours, Davide Nicola was reappointed as the team's manager. Yeah, I mean, what? What do you? I would have been in that meeting when it happened, where they rehired him. Hmm. I wish like... I was there <laughs> just to see what oh. the faces are like. Oh, God. we're so sorry we sacked you. Come on. It was an accident email. Oh we God, it's accident. We didn't. <laughs> We didn't, it wasn't meant to be an accident. We didn't mean to send you the email, Davide. We just clicked it. Sorry, we were Not supposed to we... forward that to the, the actual person we wanted in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but we, we didn't like did send you an email. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I've got it here. What do you mean you've got it here? What's lost? Look, different email addresses, see? Not us. <laughs> Oh god, yeah. But uh, is that gonna are Saladitana's fortunes gonna be turned around? We don't know. <laughs> Who knows? They're gonna end up losing eight two again this weekend to Napoli because Napoli are formidable. Uh, speaking on Italian football, like they thought eight two was bad. Yes. <laughs> uh, elsewhere in Italian football, yesterday Inter Milan beat AC Milan to win the Super Coppa Italiana. They won three nil in that one. So I think that's their first trophy. Since Conte, is that when Conte won the league with them? I can't remember. I, maybe. Mm, like it was. Um, games this weekend elsewhere in Italy. You've got Juve versus Atalanta, and then Inter Milan at home to Empoli. And then next Tuesday, I don't know why it's so far away, Lazio play AC Milan. No, for historical reasons, that's a big game. Very. Even in the league this season, there's four points between them. Ace Milan in second on 38, Lazio in fifth on 34. Literally, it's from second down to Roma in seventh, they're only separated by four points. See, it's nice to see Italy getting better again. 
in terms of the, yes. the quality of the football. Mm. Uh, Spanish leagues this weekend. I believe everyone is back in action after the Copa del Rey stuff last week. So, no, they're not actually. It was this weekend. The 20th, yeah, they are, sorry. Uh, Atletico Madrid, they play Real Valladolid on Saturday afternoon. Barcelona play Hetafe, and Real Madrid travel to Bilbao. Yep, and if there was one thing to add to that, Atletico Madrid, they're continuing their run of signing, fighting Barcelona strikers. Yeah, bringing in Memphis Depay now. Again, why? Do these lot need an abundance of strikers as well? But there has to be an agreement somewhere. Like, <laughs> it's just a bit you weird. Think so. Like, they got rid of Joe Felix just to get Memphis to buy him. Just why? That's just not so. also just kept Joe Felix. Like, I don't think you're not mm. the best of terms between player and manager. But it's just confusing there. I don't yeah. get what let's give it to I think many people. Uh, obviously, who don't watch La Liga regularly are in that same situation. I mean, we know what they're they ten points off. Their time with Simeone is done, but yeah. they won't pull the trigger because they because no. they feel like he's a legend. They're not gonna. Is he the Arsene Wenger? Let's go, Madrid. He is slowly becoming that. Yes, but they can't. I mean, they feel like they can't sack him. He has to leave himself. Hmm. Which, if they were rumours, they could. But, yeah, who knows? Hmm. They're actually closer to uh, the relegation zone than they are to Barcelona. Like, that's more damning. Mm. Decisions have to be made. Fourth in the Liga, and if they lose this weekend and other results go against them, they could be as low as ninth by the end of this weekend. Yeah, Surely Simeone's going to he's on a knife walk here. Oh, he hasn't got rid already. It's quite surprising. Like By the standards it that really Let's Go Madrid have now set for themselves, it ain't good enough. No. Um, I believe that is all the football this weekend. No French league football, although there is the big game tonight between PSG and El Nassir. I say big game. It's not a big game. It's a friendly. No one gives two shits about it, let's be honest. Oh, I don't know. Messi versus Ronaldo. <laughs> Still couldn't give two shits about it. Yeah. Do you see pretty much confirmed that he was never going to sign for Al Hilal? Was it Lionel Messi? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all knew that wasn't going to happen. Interested that he is staying at PSG now, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think we'd all set up that he was probably, probably close to retirement. Maybe he thinks he's got another year in him. So, yeah, there it is. Yeah, it seems to be another two-year deal, is it? See, yeah, he's not ready to quit, then, is he? And, no, I don't think no. he should. No. Still has something to offer. Right. Yes. Um, is that it? Yeah, I believe so. Speak yeah, about any transfer rumors? Uh, I mean, I feel like there's been quite a lot of transfer rumors over the last mm. week or so. We didn't uh, so, mention I mean, about Leandro Trossard, all the stuff with him, and Arsenal as well. Supposedly, yeah, I mean, that's, an interest. It's such a strange situation for him. Him like being left out of the last two or three Brighton squads. His agency coming out with a statement against 
what Deserby mm. said. Then Deserby seemed to go back on his own words earlier on this week, and now it started out that he something said, happened in training. Now something hasn't happened in training, but I think the clear thing is the players probably he just doesn't want to be at Brighton anymore. He thinks he's better than he. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely had good performances. Um, will he perform well at Arsenal? He doesn't start. I don't know whether it will. Not right now. He no, is, currently he doesn't. Subplay. He starts on the bench right now for mm-hmm. the Arsenal. Yeah. Mm. But of course, very likely the Arsenal wouldn't be the only club because what's that? Who is that? Who's this coming into cash in the money in the bank briefcase? Oh my God, it's Todd Bowley. He's back. He's... He's paid 120 million for him. You've got to go in for 12. <laughs> it's such a Todd Bowley. Where'd you get this zero what from, Todd? <laughs> no, we said 12. 1 to 0.00 million, not 1 to 0.00 million. We'll take the 120. Hey, you can even have Moses Kaysado. The, the carbon are in the wrong place. <laughs> for fuck's sake, Todd. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It was interesting because Chelsea yeah. were the first club linked to him. So it wouldn't be yeah. <laughs> surprising at all. There's three London clubs because Chelsea, Spurs and Arsenal have all been linked to him, haven't they? Yeah, oh God, I've got to mention this. If it's true. I can't remember the report that said it. But the rumour was that Spurs had apparently been 12 for him. Like, I know he's out yeah. of contract, lads, but come on. <laughs> yeah, let's be realistic. They said, this happen. sends me back to 2018 when they supposedly bid five million and Josh Onoma for Jack Grealish from from us. Daniel Levy's negotiations uh, leave me scratching their heads. Let's be honest. Unreal. Definitely. Um, Conrad Lima seeming set to join Bayern Munich. Yeah, but that doesn't have the same impact. Doesn't have the same impact that, does it? No, it's one that's been going on for a while. Uh, Jan Sommer. Wait, wait, hang on, sorry. Bowley's take a look and he's realised, oh no, we don't need midfielders. Okay. Mm. Um, Jan Sommer finally getting that move to Bayern Munich, which. Yeah, God, we knew that was coming. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's weird how long it seemed to drag out for that one. Yeah, because they made it all like, oh, it's not happening now. Mm. And I was, yeah, pretty much done deal. Just waiting for official confirmation from the Bavarian side. Uh, any other rumours you've seen? Uh, not not really, no. The Gwen Doozy stuff's gone quiet. Gone the Villa end. Western McKenney mm. as well. Spursley rumours not be interested, but who cares? Who mm. needs him? Yes, uh, and I do believe that is it. So we'll be back next week to recap all the Premier League stuff and any talking points from this weekend's action. And yeah, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, and you're following us on social media and on so, and are subscribed to our YouTube channel as well. But in the meantime, we'll see you soon. <laughs>